Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. You're listening to Lucy Kellaway's podcast from the Financial Times. In England, at around the time of Edward the Confessor, people started to call themselves after the sort of work they did. If you made bread, you were Mr. Baker. If you made things from wood, you took the name Mr. Carpenter. If you made barrels, you were called Mr. Cooper. I was reminded of this fine tradition last week by the story of Bernie Madoff. If one's occupation involves making off with $50 billion of investors' money, then it's quite proper that one's name should reflect that. Mr Madoff is not alone among disgraced businessmen in having a name that gives the game away. Take the case of Mr Dickshit, founder of Party Gaming, who last week agreed to plead guilty to an internet betting charge. Think, too, of the Illinois governor, Rod Blagojevich, accused of trying to sell Barack Obama's Senate seat. His name suggests that blagging is something that comes naturally to him. Could there be a trend here? Last week, I spent a day researching financiers and business people that had got into trouble and decided they definitely could. According to my findings, what unites them is not a troubled childhood, alcohol abuse or a narcissistic personality disorder, but having a name that hints at trouble. Writers of fiction understand this well. Charles Dickens appreciated the importance of people living up to their names and so called his goodies Little Nell or Florence or Amy, while he gave his baddies names such as Ebenezer Scrooge and Uriah Heep. Even less subtly, in The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, L. Frank Baum calls his villains the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wicked Witch of the East. Real life turns out to be closer to The Wizard of Oz than A Christmas Carol in the prosaic way it links dark deeds and dark names. Consider Conrad Black, who is now serving out a prison sentence in Florida. It's no coincidence that it wasn't Conrad White or Conrad Scarlett who defrauded Hollinger shareholders out of millions of dollars. At Enron, the names should also have been a clue to hapless investors and staff that something was amiss. There was Kenneth Lay, whose moniker should have warned any innocents that climbing into bed with him was going to be a mistake. And there was Andrew Fasto, who pulled a Fasto with his off-balance sheet deals and is now behind bars. And Geoffrey Skilling whose name was surely a double bluff. Skill was something he had plenty of. He just happened not to put it to terribly good use. In the more distant past, there was Michael Milken, who, as junk bond king, milked them for all they were worth. And Azil Nadir, now a fugitive from justice in Cyprus, whose fraudulent antics represented a Nadir for shareholders, the serious fraud office, a government minister who resigned, and the entire British political establishment. Some business crooks signalled their badness more through their first names than their surnames. Dennis Kozlowski, the greedy bully at Tyco who blew $15,000 of shareholders' money on an umbrella stand and $8,000 on a shower curtain, shared a first name with the British cartoon character Dennis the Menace, who used to go around bashing up softies until his dad attacked him with a slipper. Aha, you may be thinking, this is all very well, but what about Robert Maxwell? He was utterly crooked, but his name was utterly straight. 
At first sight, my theory does appear to collapse with the crooked check. However, Robert Maxwell was not born Robert Maxwell. His real name was Jan Ludwig Hoch, which is an entirely appropriate name for one who became so deeply in Hoch not only to his bankers but to thousands of luckless Maxwell pensioners. Though this link between name and misdemeanor is irrefutable, it does not tell us which way the causality runs. Is it that babies with wicked genes are somehow a magnet for wicked names? Or is it that sweet children born innocent are somehow turned bad by the names they're given? If you have to tell people over and over again that your name is Madoff or Dickshit, maybe you start getting ideas and start behaving accordingly. Either way, my research has important implications for all investors and fine, upstanding citizens. If, say, a nice-looking Dutch financier should ever come along promising you that his fund will reliably pay out 15% a year, look first at his name. If it is, let us say, Hans in der Till, then just say no. Thank you for listening. To read Lucy Kellaway's columns online, please visit www.ft.com forward slash Kellaway. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.